Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. We're going to interview uh, Pastor Tom Stelter today. And we're going to ask this question. How do you study the Bible? I mean, let's say you've got a, a verse that you just can't figure out, what does this mean? How do I sort out what it means, what it doesn't mean, or whatever? So I just want to introduce my old friend, hey. Tom Steller. Joy. We've known each other for many years. <laughs> and uh, Tom, uh, first of all, you're a pastor at Bethlehem Baptist. That's right. And you're also a dean of a school, or tell me about that. Yeah, Bethlehem College and Seminary is a church-based college and seminary that was started by our church. Um, had its roots back in the 1980s and has developed over time and, and it became a full-fledged college and seminary in 2009 and we just received accreditation in January. So, so if somebody wants to learn the Bible yep. or become a pastor even, yep. they can go to, what's it called again? Bethlehem College and Seminary. In Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Is there a website? Um, bcsmn.org. We'll put it on the screen. Okay, okay, sounds good. But all right, so Tom, you're reading your Bible. You come to a difficult passage like, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds, but in the end it grows and birds of the air fill its you know, branches. And you know, some of his parables he explained. He never explained that one. So how do you figure out what, some, there's about five different interpretations. How do, you inter how, do you do, how do you handle something like that? Well, context is king. So when you... Explain to people what context is. Context is, is the, the, the verses surrounding that verse, and not only the immediate verses, but even the whole Gospel of Matthew, and then the whole um, New Testament. Word to Jews. That's right. And, uh, but like, for example, um, the parable of the mustard seed, um, it's, it's an occasion where Jesus is, is revealing the mysteries of the kingdom. And so, and, uh, so what you realize is that he's, his point is to say something about the kingdom of God. And it's mystery. So Jesus is revealing something new about the kingdom of God. So when I read that parable, I want to ask the question, what, what new thing about the kingdom of God, what thing is he clarifying? And I think... In the context there, what he's saying is that the kingdom of God, surprisingly, is like a mustard seed, just the smallest seed. And then it becomes a big tree and, and the birds of the air nest in it. And that wasn't expected in the Old Testament. They expected the kingdom of God to come in in crushing power. And get to, rid of the Romans. Yeah, get rid of the Romans. And, but Jesus says, no, it's, it's, like, it's like a mustard seed. And so you might miss it. You might not see it. But someday it's going to grow up. And so does... Is this the proper interpretation? It starts out with Jesus and 12 men and it becomes millions? Is that... Is I, that I think that's... Uh, that's Okay. And so, Tom, when you're studying the Bible and you come across a difficult verse, how do you study that to come to an understanding of what you think it means? How do you do that? Yeah. Well, um, when I first became a Christian, I would just read and read and read and read. You know, just read the Bible and it becomes familiar to me and... I used to think that because it was familiar, I understood it. But it wasn't until someone showed me that, no, you want to look at a, a portion of scripture 
and you want to follow the author's train of thought. And so I was taught how just to take a paragraph of scripture, maybe write it down on a piece of paper, or if you're a computer person, you can do it on a computer, and you just break up that paragraph into its thoughts. And then you pay special attention to the links between each thought. And that's just a way to help you follow the author's can, train of thought. Can you give me a for instance? Yeah, for example, um, uh, I think of a, a verse that's changed my life. Um, I was a missions pastor at Bethlehem for 18 years. And I remember hearing a missionary say once, he says, Tom, you know, there's a big difference between a church that has missionaries and a church that sends missionaries. So what does it mean to send missionaries? And uh, that was perplexing to me. And one day I was reading in Third John, this little teeny letter um, right before Revelation, one of the smallest books in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's this, this letter from the Apostle John to Gaius. And, uh, and John was excited about Gaius. And something made this crinkly old face of the Apostle smile. And he said, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walking in the truth. And you say, what was it? And, uh, and he writes that uh, you will do well um, when you send these men on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we had to support such people. And uh, for the first time in my life, I realized the importance of sending. Because in the context, it, it, there's just um, three little verses that it's right in. He says, you will do well to send them on their way. There's the sending word. Mm -hmm. But it says, how? In a manner worthy of God. In other words, just don't kick them out the door. That's we'll, right. We'll pray for you now and then. Yeah. In other words, how you send your missionaries reflects on how much you value God. Mm. But then it says, um, why should you do it that way? Well, the next verse begins with a four. For they went out for the sake of the name accepting nothing from the Gentiles. That's think, why we should do it. I think that's the best definition of missionary in the Bible. Someone who goes out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Then the next verse says, therefore, since they go out for the sake of the name, we ought to support such men okay. that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Good. So it's just that sequence of thought. All right. Um, so think it through. Just yep. to quickly read a verse. Slowly read Absolutely. it. Read what's before it, what's, that's right. what's after it. And you know, Tom, what do you think of this? When so, I, I say this, and you think this needs to be tweaked, <laughs> I say it's always safe to ask the question, how has the church understood this verse for 2,000 years? And I, I've had to say it a lot because mm -hmm. of the liberalism in, in mm -hmm. our Protestant churches where all of a sudden gay sex is okay, uh, abortion's okay. And my thought is, excuse me, nobody has ever read the Bible to get that right. interpretation. Right. Do you think that's a safe thing to, to say? Well, I think, I think it would be arrogant to not look at how the church has historically understood the scriptures. Doesn't mean that they always got it right, just like I don't always get it right, mm -hmm. you don't always get it right, <laughs> believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the church has struggled to interpret the scriptures for generations. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've, way, they've had councils about mm -hmm. it and uh, have argued back and forth and and uh, there was a lot of serious, serious well, Bible study Here's going a on. question I'm going to throw out. We don't have to spend a lot of time, but the Catholics watching our show, some yes. of them, would say, that's why we need a pope. That He's the one who knows how to understand the Bible. Otherwise, you have 10,000 Protestant sects. How do you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, you can see the temptation to go that direction. Yeah. But um, I would argue that, that the pope hasn't always been right. 
And, uh, and what is the highest authority? Is it the, is it the tradition of the church? Or is it the actual Word of God itself that's been inspired and been faithfully transmitted through the generations? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just agree with with Martin Luther that um, the Bible sola scriptura. Here I stand; I can do no other. Right. Even and though that causes problems, but having an infallible Pope also causes problems. Exactly. <laughs> it, that's right. And and because it's not in the Bible that there's right. going to be somebody called the infallible right. Pope. Right. And, you know, sometimes we get so disturbed at the differences in interpretation, and, and it is disturbing at times, but it also shows just the, the importance of Scripture and, and just the vitality of the church that they really care. And, yeah. uh, and Instead of just throwing something out that's been true for 2,000 right. years, which is what is happening in our liberal denominations. That's right. That's right. You know, Tom, I, I just now have a memory of something that you probably don't even remember. But years ago, we're talking maybe 30 years ago, mm -hmm. I was getting a headache because I was trying to understand a passage of Scripture, and I had about five Bible commentaries open in front of me, and I don't know, you and I all of a sudden had a phone call right at that moment, as I remember it, mm -hmm. and, and I was trying to understand the passage so I could preach it. And you, your point to me was, don't look at the commentaries until first you've slowly gone That's through right. just the Bible paragraph itself, write down what you think it means, then look at the commentaries, mm -hmm. and you might have to tweak it after you've consulted the commentaries, right. but first do not look at commentaries, look just at the text. Yeah. Is that your advice still? Exactly, and, and, and that's where just the, the joy of Bible study is, is that if you, if you open the Bible and say, I don't get that, and you go right to commentaries, you're missing the joy of discovery. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so what we try to teach at our college and seminary is just the just how to read, and just the, the, the art of reading. And, uh, and so first spend time in the text yourself. Uh -huh. Follow the author's train of thought, line by line, precept upon precept. Um, things that you don't understand, state your question, and then try to answer it from the text and your reasons why you answered that way. But then once you've done all that work, the humble thing is to go and consult with others. Because mm -hmm. they might have seen things that you haven't seen. What are some good... Bible commentaries that you would recommend? Yeah. Um, well, first, before that, yeah. what, is the, what versions of the Bible do you like the best? Um, I feel like we've, we've been given a, just a wealth of, of Bible translations. Um, the one I, I historically have use, used is the New American Standard. Me too. But uh, in recent years, I've uh, really enjoyed the, the ESV, the English yeah. Standard Version. And the reason, I like both of those too, yeah. and what's the reason you like those best? Um, I like them because they are more literal. Yeah, they translate. It's not a paraphrase. Right. There's a, there can be a place for paraphrases, but you wouldn't use a paraphrase for Bible study. No. That's Maybe. more, a paraphrase is more like a commentary, okay. whereas um, a, a translation that's from the Greek and the Hebrew um, that stays as close to it as possible mm -hmm. is what I, I would prefer. So we've got the English Standard Version and the New American Standard Bible. And what commentaries do you like? Well, um, you know, I'd like, um, I mean, uh, take a study Bible, for example. Mm -hmm. um, I think the ESV study Bible is, is a fantastic study Bible. And that's a commentary. It's, yeah. just, it's in one big volume. Yeah. It's got commentary the throughout. Of each page, I love That's that. That's right, yeah. and uh, plus you've got wonderful articles and maps and all those kinds of things, but it's very accessible, 
and that's very careful. Excellent scholars have been involved with that. They have a love for the church mm -hmm. and a love for ministry. So the ESV um, study Bible. Yep. Anything else? Well, commentaries. Um, it depends what level you're at. You okay. know, um, a level that I think is very readable but very scholarly is is the it's the pillar series of, Pillars, of commentaries. Pillar series. Yeah, of commentaries. pillar series of commentaries is is I think a very helpful one. One that's more designed for lay people but written by very strong scholars is okay. the Tyndale okay. um, commentary series. Tyndale commentaries. Yep, there's yeah, there's a whole set of good. those. Okay. And uh, well, good. So yeah. everybody, I've I've said this a gazillion times, but get some good commentaries. Just, you know, read the Bible, have the Bible, but make sure you have a few commentaries at least to yeah. help you understand. All right, Tom, you know, sometimes people, the a criticism here is, you, you, you know, Christians, it's good to read your Bible, but, you know, you're not here just to become an intellectual. Why, why don't these people, in fact, I got an email from a guy that doesn't like our show. <laughs> you know, Pastor Brock, isn't it more important not to study the Bible, to feed the hungry? Uh -huh. So my question is, uh, how, how does reading the Bible help you love yeah, people? That's a great question. Well, uh, in 1 Timothy 1.5, um, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, he says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, clean conscience, sincere, sincere faith. So the goal of our instruction is love. So Paul did not see a disconnect between the careful reading of his apostolic word and love. And the connection I see, it says in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, I believe, it says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And uh, Galatians says that, that circumcision is anything, uncircumcision is anything, but faith expressing itself through love. And so the connection is, is that the word of God um, is designed to build up our faith in Christ, his sufficiency, his goodness. Mm -hmm. His promises, and uh, and as our faith is built up, the faith expresses itself in love. That's the visible expression of faith, because if your if your needs are met by Almighty God, you don't, you can move on and right. help other people. And, and God says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. and that's something you're, you've started doing overseas. Tell us quickly about that, if you would. Yeah, um, we're concerned uh, very much for and the, the church is growing in amazing ways. Um, we, we, we feel kind of the decline in the U.S. right now. We sure do. You know, and, and God can turn that around and we must keep laboring for our own country. But the church is growing um, in amazing ways in Asia and South America and Africa. And, but oftentimes it's growing so quickly that, that leadership development can't keep up. Mm -hmm. And so there are so many pastors out there that have never had the opportunity to, to be trained. To be trained, and so. So what are you doing? So we uh, um, have uh, partnered with an organization called Training Leaders International, which uh, event really was birthed out of our church, and now it's in its own independent 501c3 organization in downtown Minneapolis. But they are um, sending teams of people um, all over the world to do. Um, just careful Bible teaching at the invitation of national leaders. And so they don't go and do their own thing, but they go wherever they're invited and they just teach these pastors um, just the fundamentals like of the, the Trinity. Faith. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Trinity and how to read the Bible and... Uh, um, Salvation by grace, exactly. I hope. Exactly. <laughs> Ab absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so that's been a real joy to watch that. And Good. 
And I just came back from Myanmar, where we've been working with a, um, a people group called the Kachin people. You know, if somebody wants to support this work, yeah. is, do we have a website that we could refer them to? Or what, what would, if, that's a great Christian work that yeah. you're doing. And if somebody wants to either go or pray or even give financially, how do they do that? Yeah, well, to support Training Leaders International, just trainingleadersinternational.org. Trainingleadersinternational.org. Correct. And they'll get information on how they can support. Exactly. There's a website. Great. Yeah. And, and if, if somebody wants to go to your uh, Bible college, college seminary, uh -huh. what's the website for that? Uh, BCS, Bethlehem College of Seminary, MN, Minnesota, bcsmn.org. Okay, good. Do you have mainly Baptists going there, or do you have all kinds of denominations? No, it's, there's a diversity of people that will come, uh -huh. and uh, um, good. so I, you would love to come. <laughs> I'd love to teach. <laughs> Let's talk into baptism. No. Okay, now Tom, let me ask you this. I don't remember how you, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. how you came to know the Lord. Were you raised Catholic and something yes. happened? Tell, tell me your, your conversion, because you've come to love the Bible. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? How'd you get converted? Yeah. Whatever. Not, I'm not saying Catholic, there are people that are raised Absolutely. Catholic and are Christians, yep. but Tom had something happen. Tell, yeah. tell me what happened. Well, I mean, I was, I was raised in, in the Roman Catholic Church and uh, appreciate so much of what I learned growing up and good. I went to Catholic grade school that actually was a grammar school and taught me grammar, which has helped me in my Bible study for the rest of my life. But the Bible was a big red book on our dining room table that uh, um, just sat there. And uh, once in a while, I'd pick it up, and it was this heavy, you know, this weighty book, and open it up, and, and uh, these two columns of small print, and I tried to read it. It was just nothing but a great Italian art and graphic pictures of Jesus' death. And, uh -huh. But that was my awareness of the Bible. I just wouldn't read it. Okay. And, uh, but uh, my sister started witnessing to me when I was 14, and... Uh, she had me read the Bible, and I read a different translation, um, but it was just boring, so uh -huh. boring. But right before my 17th birthday was when God opened my eyes to see the glory of God in the face of His Son. And, and one of the biggest evidences to me that my life was changed was when I would read the Bible now, I just had this passionate hunger that uh, I couldn't read it enough. So how old were you when that happened? 17. And did somebody talk to you? Did you go to a meeting? What happened? Yeah, it was, it was uh, basically my sister's witness, and, uh, and, uh, and I just got so, I was right, right in the, the hippie movement, all that kind of stuff, you know, and I was doing the drugs and the alcohol, and, and, uh, but her testimony was so compelling to me and uh, I had everything I wanted, and and I was miserable inside, and I, I didn't have any assurance of huh. anything. And uh, so you came to know the Lord. Right. Your sister. How? What did your parents think of all this? <laughs> well, um, they didn't quite know what hit them at first, but uh, but eventually, um, they they saw that there was a change in my life and uh, became my my greatest supporters. Uh, and are they still Catholic? Or uh, they my my mother passed away several years ago and, and she remained Catholic her her whole life but we would have Bible studies in the morning and you know growing up and uh -huh. I mean she, I was real confident that her faith in Christ was uh -huh. genuine Good. and my father um, who is living with me now 92 years old and the tail end of his life on hospice and uh, but he's come to faith well, in yeah, Christ. Yeah you know what Tom I, I prayed for your dad for many years because I think Thank many you, years ago you told me to pray How's he doing spiritually? He's he's a believer. Oh, wonderful! And uh, and uh, um, right now his mind is is pretty pretty far gone. Uh -huh. 
but I pray with them. I tuck them in at night. I mean, it's the roles are reversed now, uh -huh. and uh -huh. and uh, but he's he has the peace of the Lord as Good. he faces his death. Good. All right. So what got your attention to really start studying the Bible in the first place was kind of a conversion experience when you were seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, then I then I started attending a church that was very alive in the spirit, but kind of suspicious of the mind, and uh, so it kind of discouraged uh -huh. hard thinking about the Bible. Uh -huh. So it was kind of a More distinction emotional. between the heart and the and the and the uh, mind. But uh, I went to um, Bethel College. First of all, I was faced with a, t a test because uh, my parents wanted me to go to school, and so I I got interested in Bethel. Opened the Bible one day, put my finger down, and it said in Amos, it said, or was it Hosea, it says, go to Bethel and transgress. <laughs> so I had to decide, now, is that my method of Bible study or not? <laughs> no, and, uh, and by God's grace, I overcame that, and I went to Bethel, and, and that's where I met uh, John Piper, who was a yep. brand-new professor there. Yeah, and you taught me, too. And he's the, he's the one that really got me just and, to slow and, down and read. Carefully. And what do you think about people that, Lord, should I go to this college or that college, and then they open the Bible and point? Do you think that's a good thing to do? I, I would not encourage that. I wouldn't either. And, and let uh, me tell you real quick why. Yeah. I used to do that. Uh -huh. And then somebody said, you know, Tom, you're tempting the Lord. That's uh -huh. no way to do it. Yeah. So I stopped doing it. Uh -huh. This is many years ago. But I got an itchy finger again to do it again. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yep. I opened the Bible and pointed, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Thy God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yep. All right. So, Tom, let, let's, let's ask this question. Now, you're a Baptist. I'm a Lutheran. Yes. And we could do a whole half hour on... Ba infant baptism versus uh, adult baptism. It wouldn't take that long. Okay, okay. <laughs> you decimate me, I'm sure. <laughs> but here's the question. You know, you and I both believe we're saved by grace alone, only by the shed blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. We both believe in baptism, but differently. Mm -hmm. um, you could and I could look at the verses, and I think I could make a case for child mm -hmm. baptism in the New Testament, and you think mm -hmm. I couldn't. All right, so what do you do with stuff like that? Yeah. Well, how do you understand? I mean, What's going on here? Yeah, and that's a good, a, a really good question, a very genuine question. And uh, um, I think, I think that there are, there are things in Scripture that are so fundamental um, that you have to believe in the deity of Jesus, and and that salvation is by faith alone, through grace, mm -hmm. based on the death and and atoning death and righteousness of Jesus Christ. I think there are tiers of doctrine where there are honest differences of opinion, mm -hmm. where godly people are looking at those, um, not trying to pass some kind of agenda, but just trying to be faithful to the text, and they will disagree. Yeah. And, and the New Testament, you know, Peter said about Paul's writings that some things that mm -hmm. Paul wrote are hard to understand. That's right. And if it's hard for them to yeah. understand, it's not surprising that it's hard and for Paul us. Said, now I know in part, then right. heaven That's I shall right. understand yep. fully. Yeah, so I think I think there just needs to be a real humility before the text. Um, doesn't mean that you don't come to convictions and live them out and try to persuade people mm -hmm. by them. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you got to agree to disagree. Right. And Tom, <laughs> we do this show and we're all over the country now. You know what I get a lot of mails uh, e emails about, Pastor Brock? Why don't you believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church? And here's the deal. I believe in the rapture that we'll be caught up. I just believe we're caught up when he comes down, not mm -hmm. seven years before he comes down. To me, it's not that big a deal. For some of these people, I think they wonder if I'm saved. Yeah. And, and so what are the main things we have to agree on? 
versus the Adiaphora. I would say some of the Second mm -hmm. Coming stuff, only mm -hmm. the Lord knows how that's going to pan yeah. out. What, what are the main things you can't disagree on? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think you must agree that Jesus is coming again. There you go. You know, and uh, whether But or not, exactly how. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's been debated for, for generations. And, uh, but I think, I mean, I, th I think we have to believe that God is glorious. He's good. He's in control. He's our maker. He's a righteous judge. We have to believe that, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. That we're all sinners. We have to believe that there is one provision from the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came and lived a perfect life, who died an atoning death, and uh, who was raised on the third day mm -hmm. and is coming again. Mm -hmm. And uh, Those are the basics. Those, uh, those and are the basics. cults yeah. play with all that stuff. That's right. The cults, like Jehovah's Witnesses, don't believe Jesus is Lord and God. Right. Right. And Mormons have thousands of gods. Yeah. So when, when, you know, to me, do you think this is true? To me, you can spot a cult because they deny the Trinity normally. Yeah. Yeah. And to salvation by grace alone, they also deny. Yeah. 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 Um, Tom, if, if somebody is watching this show, and we've only got like two minutes left, somebody's watching this show and they, they never read the Bible, where would you tell them to start? What book of the Bible? Oh, boy. Um, I, I think whole Bible is so rich. I think there is a reason that a lot of people encourage you to begin in the Gospel of John. It's, it's, uh, it, there's things that are so simple in there and yet so profound. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a great account of the, the life of Jesus and uh, so much encouragement so there. Maybe start with John. I think and so. How about then Romans? Well, Romans is, is Perhaps I mean it's the most in-depth letter that the Apostle Paul right. ever wrote. It's the most You're right. It's, profound, it's where putting he, it all together. In the most systematic way, he's yeah. laid it out. But I love Ephesians myself uh -huh. in a very special way. And yeah. but you can make an argument for Great. just about every book of the Bible. Well, Tom, thank you so much. And again, this is Pastor Tom Steller. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go to his Bible school slash seminary, what is that again? Um, bcsmn.org is the is the website. Here in Minneapolis. Beth Bethlehem College and Seminary. It's right under the shadow of the new Viking Stadium. And if up. you want to support your ministry of overseas training pastors, what's that called again? Training Leaders International. .org. .org. Good, good. So everybody, just read your Bible. Don't let it sit on your shelf. Get it off the shelf. Put it next to your bed. Read it in the morning or read it before you go to bed at night. But everybody, read your Bible and it, get some good Bible commentaries and make sure you're in a good Bible preaching church. It, I mean, Tom, the, just some of these strange emails I get, it's, there, it's from people and I say, what church do you go to? I don't go to a church because they're a prophet. Mm -hmm. Only they understand the mm -hmm. Bible properly. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Get into a good Bible preaching church. It will help you understand the Bible. And thanks, Tom, Thank and you. we'll see you next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.